Hey there, Rachel Wilson here, your pediatric sleep consultant. Welcome to my bite-sized podcast to help guide, inform, and help you deal with your child's sleep from newborn to four years old. Sleep strategies, interviews, and informed information to give you the confidence to help your child form happy and healthy sleep habits and parenting skills for yourself. Let's get into it. Hello, everybody. I hope you are all well this week. Another fine week has passed and we are here for another podcast and this week I'm going to be talking to you about night terrors. Now, uh, it's, night terrors is something that is, um, it can be quite common, can be very common. Did you know a little over 80% of school age children will experience night terrors, sleepwalking or even nightmares or even sleep talking? Typically, it's more common in boys than it is girls. And when I say school-age children, I'm talking between the ages of 3 and 12 years of age. Now, I do have um, some families that come to me uh, with their toddlers to get some help with their nighttime sleep. And they will say to me that their child is waking up in the night screaming and crying and they're having night terrors. Some are not sure if it's a night terror or a nightmare. So today I hope I'm going to be um, able to explain to you what a night terror is, what the, what the signs are and what you can do to help your child through this. Um, now, okay, so a night terror, it will typically occur usually in the first part of the night sleep, which is the deeper part of sleep, the NREM, which is called non-rapid eye movement for the scientists out there. Um, this is usually the period of time from bedtime, the onset of sleep at bedtime, until around about midnight. Like I said, it's the deepest part of sleep. And in young babies, it's usually the first part of the night that consolidates first. And they start sleeping longer without looking for those feeds. Now, how do you know if your child is experiencing a night terror? Well... Your child will wake up, inverted commas, wake very suddenly. It's almost like, you know, they've, they've had a shock to the system or there's been a real loud bang and they, they might sit bolt upward, bright eyed, wide eyed, bushy tailed, and they might make a noise. And when you go to them, they might actually seem very alert and very awake because their eyes are open. And they might actually be trying to communicate with you, but they are actually still asleep. They are in a very, very deep state of sleep. Now, your child may scream out. It could be a very, very loud, ear-piercing scream, like you know they've just fallen out of the out of the top bunk bed, and they've or they've broken their arm, or they've seen something very, very scary. Um, it, it can be a very piercing scream that's even going to scare you. And you might think that they are awake and, yeah, they're having a, a night terror or even a really scary nightmare. Now, I've had experience when I was, uh, when I was a nanny, um, my eldest charge, he used to have night terrors and it sure scared me. Um, I would be babysitting and, I'd be, you know, the kids have gone to bed busy day everything seems fine he would go to bed happily go to sleep no issues no problems um, and he was about five six years old at the time um, and uh, I'd be sitting watching telly 
and their bedroom was above the living room and suddenly, boom, I would hear this massive crash almost and I knew exactly what it was because he had bunk beds in his room and he was sleeping on the top bed and he had pretty much jumped, you know, from the top step onto the floor and that was him, you know, starting to have this night terror and I would go upstairs to the bedroom to see what was going on and his brother would be fast asleep on the bottom bunk bed and there was um, there was there was Charlie walking around manically in his bedroom eyes wide awake and he was very strong very forceful and of course I'd never seen this before and I wasn't sure what was going on I thought he was awake so I was like hey Charlie what's up let's go back to bed um, and like I said, he was, you know, five, six years old. He was a big boy and I couldn't, you know, lift him and put him on top of the bunk bed. And he would push, literally physically push past me and walk out the room and walk into the study, walk up and down the stairs like he was on an absolute mission. And he'd be mumbling something that I could never quite work out exactly what he was saying. Um, but he almost looked very frightened and it was frightening for me to see him in this state um, and I would have to then guide him back to his bed and somehow shimmy him up the stairs, up the ladder, back into his bed. And this whole episode would last about 10 minutes or so, which is what research will tell you. Each episode will last about 10 minutes. And once he was in his bed, he would just lie down and seem asleep again, eyes closed. And I would sort of hang about the top step of that bunk bed ladder um, quite close just to make sure he was calm and asleep and then suddenly occasionally he would just boom sit bolt upright again and I remember once I was obviously quite close and he, he banged into my face and you know burst my lip um, very very strong so um, these were my experience of night terrors and it was absolutely scary and that's what might happen when you see your child having a night terror they will probably get out of bed they will probably start running around, start talking, almost like they're in some sort of fit of rage or ser seem like they're on some sort of serious mission or that they're looking for something perhaps. You might not understand what they're saying. Um, they can be very forceful. And you know, when you've got an older child, the bigger they are, the stronger they are and physical they are and the harder it can be to get them back into their bed and if they're crying it may be an inconsolable cry that's really loud and it might look that they are absolutely terrified that is the night terror um, your child is in a very very super deep state of sleep they are completely unaware of what is going on of what they are doing they have no awareness of it at all now how should you respond to this? Well, it is vital, even though it's very hard, especially if this is the first couple of times you've ever seen it, to keep calm yourself. Try and keep calm and do not wake your child. If you do wake them, you will only frighten them more because you will bring them out of this really deep state of sleep that they're in and they will see you know, where they are, they'll be incredibly confused, and it can frighten them even more. You must try very, very calmly and very, very gently to guide your child back to their bed. Don't force them. It can be hard, yes, 
it can be difficult and it can take time. Certainly when I was experiencing it with Charlie, you know, 10 minutes, I was thinking, what am I going to do here? This is really hard. And I would try and take his hand in his arm and take him back to the bedroom. But he would be quite strong and push past me. You mustn't force them. Try not to wake. You really mustn't wake. Just offer your love and support and comfort in a very, very calm way. No screaming at them, no shouting at them. Um, and just guide them back to the bed. And when they are in their bed, stay there until, you know, a good 10, 15, 20 minutes. Just so you know, they've gone back into that sleep and they are calm. And from my experience, I will say to you, stand back. Because if they do sit bolt upright again, you don't want, uh, you don't want to risk getting your lip burnt or crashing, banging heads together. So give your child that space. Now, what is causing these night terrors? Okay, well, the first thing can be sleep deprivation. This is the most common reason of night terrors in, uh, in children. Um, many of us know that, uh, that, that, that children are, are tired. They're probably experiencing some sort of sleep deprivation at somewhere they have busy lives. They're up early in the morning. They've got a long day at school. You might have clubs after school. You're home late, 7, 7.30. They still need to have a shower. They might even have to do homework um, and bedtime. And they're craving for that time just to hang out with you, do bedtime stories, chat about the day. And before you know, it might be nine o'clock at night. Certainly in this house, it, it, it occasionally is during the week now. Um, and I definitely struggle with my kids going to bed at nine o'clock at night, but that's a whole other podcast. Um, and if your child is, you know, five years old, going to sleep at nine o'clock at night and probably waking, you know, around six, seven in the morning to get up for school, um, you know, that might not be enough sleep for them. You know, they, they, you know, in an ideal world, they would be looking, you'd be hoping for them to get at least sort of 11, 12 hours of sleep at night. But we have busy lives, busy schedules. So that sleep deprivation will creep up, creep up. And if it's occurring every day, they'll be severely sleep deprived and their body will have this greater drive to fall asleep into that deeper state of sleep, that um, non-rapid eye movement, N-R-E-M, state of sleep. And that is the point when these night terrors occur. What can we do? Well, try and um, alleviate that sleep deprivation. Yes, you might have a few late nights in the week, but on days where you don't have clubs, where you've got an opportunity to have early nights, absolutely go for it, do it. Um, getting that early night to bed will help your child catch up on sleep. And as we know, an earlier to bed will give your child the chance to catch up on lost sleep. It doesn't mean that they are going to be waking earlier the next morning. Another thing that you can do is a preemptive stirring. So this is when you would wake your child ever so slightly. You're rousing them from that deep state of sleep and you're transitioning them. You're helping them transition from that, from that sleep cycle that they're in into another. So if your child is experiencing night terrors regularly and you, I would suggest keeping a little diary of, um, you know, a 24-hour diary even, of what time bedtime is, is it calm, what time they're falling asleep, and what time that 
that first night terror happens. Now, let's say it happens um, at the same time every night for a good week, 10 days. Then you can say, okay, if it's happening at 10 o'clock, I'm going to go into the bedroom at about half past nine, 20 to 10, and just, you know, give them a stroke, give them a cuddle, give them a kiss, just rouse them ever so slightly so you can see that they're moving ever so slightly and they are moving into that, from out of that sleep cycle into the next sleep cycle. Now, if your child is younger and they are still having naps and you are absolutely sure that they're having these night terrors, then make sure these naps are appropriate for their age. So if they're only having a 20-minute nap, say at 11 o'clock in the morning, and they are still needing an hour and a half nap, um, you know, at age three, I would say most children have dropped their naps, but some children still need them, and especially if they're having late nights and not enough sleep at night, or they're waking at night, they might be wanting and needing to catch up in the daytime. So make sure that they're having an opportunity to have that long nap in the daytime. You know, if they're at nursery, it might be a different story. They might not be able to. But if they're at home with you or at the weekends, it's a great time to catch up with sleep. Now, food. This is, um, th- this is an interesting one. Some foods can trigger night terrors. Those foods would be caffeine. Obviously, they're not having coffee shots, are they? They're not having caffeine. But sugar-fueled foods and sugary drinks and chocolate, these are all stimulate, stimulants and they will disturb peaceful sleep. So make sure if they are having any of these sugary foods and drinks to have them much earlier on in the daytime. Um, and I wouldn't be offering them any time after three o'clock in the afternoon, especially at bedtime. You don't want them having any... Um, any sugar-fueled foods, food, I can't speak, foods before bedtime. Um, something else that is quite hard, that can be quite hard to manage, that triggers night terrors is stressful events and illness. Now, some of these, you know, the stressful events are, you know, for the most part, they're unavoidable. Um, you might be moving house, they might be changing school, there might be family circumstances happening that is completely unavoidable. And this will play havoc on anyone's sleep, us adults and children as well. We can't think that children are not going to be affected by it at all. Even something, you know, as exciting to us as moving house can be stressful for your child. They may have grown up in this, in your current house, um, and it's home for them. It's comforting. And suddenly they're going to be changing house, changing bedroom. They might be changing school. Maybe you're even moving, um, moving towns, um, cities, countries even. And this is all very, can be all very scary for your child. Um, exams um, as well in older children can be very stressful. So it's worthwhile trying to think of some stress relieving tactics um, to help your child through these, through these events. Um, maybe they would enjoy doing some mindfulness with you. Or perhaps some yoga before bedtime to help them relax and de-stress, preparing them for a peaceful sleep. And um, maybe you could do some mindfulness together. I'm a huge advocate for mindfulness. I absolutely love it. I used to go to mindfulness classes after I had Chloe, um, my second, uh, my second baby, 
And I felt it was like therapy every week on a Tuesday night at eight o'clock. I just couldn't wait to go. It was so wonderful. A, ta- a chance for me just to sort of disconnect from that mum life um, and, and be present with, with, the, with the other people in my class and, and, you know, talk about things. And we would do some meditation. Um, um, and it, it was just, it was really, really lovely. And I, I'm a huge advocate for mindfulness and it helps me sleep as well sometimes when I'm struggling to fall asleep at night. If I've been working on my computer late at night, it can really help children. So maybe you want to do it with them. Um, yoga, there's loads of apps um, that you can download. Um, uh, not apps, um, yeah, apps, mindfulness apps that you can listen to, podcasts, that's what I'm talking about, podcasts. Um, that you can maybe do with them as well. Um, don't talk about anxious, difficult subjects in the lead up to bedtime. You know, talk about all these things earlier in the daytime. Maybe not before they go to school, but um, perhaps uh, the weekend when you've got chance to to connect and spend some time together earlier on in the day. Um, and 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 don't be too worried about it. You know, if you can manage the the events illnesses if your child is very ill obviously they're not going to be sleeping very well know that that's you know it's going to be a phase they they will get better they're going to get through this um and you know you can manage it quite nicely quite easily don't be frightened of it don't be frightened at all of it yes it's scary to see but your child won't be aware as i mentioned of what's going on and another thing to also remember is not to talk about it with your child the next day by saying, oh, hey, Charlie, do you remember waking up last night and running around the house like a banshee and screaming and shouting um, and trying to get them to remember it? Um, because that can also be quite triggering and it can also make them very nervous before they go to bed. Um, and then, you know, that's another trigger factor there. So um, hopefully that has put your mind at rest um, or at ease ever so slightly about night terrors. Um, if you are experiencing experiencing them with your child, I would love to hear from you. Please um, do send me a, a message about um, your experiences and how you, you manage them and dealt with them and, and how you manage to um, help your child through them and overcome them. Uh, you can drop me an email. You can contact me via my social media platforms. I'll put all the links in the show notes below. And uh, yeah, I wish you all peaceful nights and I will catch up with you again next week. Take care, everyone. Bye. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please see the show notes for all the links mentioned. And don't forget to subscribe, share, rate and review. And come follow me over on Facebook and Instagram. If you have a topic you would like me to cover, drop me an email at rachel at rachelwilsonsleepconsultant.com. See you next time. Thank you.